What's up? My name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. Happy Valentine's Day slash week, depending on when you choose to listen to this. For this episode, we bring on a special guest, my wife, Erin Finley, to discuss our relationship as well as the trials and tribulations of previous relationships we have both experienced. Some of the topics include what were our biggest takeaways from old relationships, the biggest struggles we have had over the years, and advice on knowing when someone is not the one. We even get into a small debate during this talk, which really shows the true colors of our own relationship. So if you're in a relationship and looking to relate, or are single and are looking for some tips and tricks on how to go about finding your significant other, tune in for the next hour with Aaron Finley and myself. What is up, y'all? CJ Finley back again with the Thrive on Life podcast. And today's episode is a special episode because I have my wife, Erin Finley, on, and we are going to be talking Valentine's Day. Somehow it's already February, and Valentine's Day is right around the corner. It's a Friday night. We're recording right now. And we are going to get into a conversation about relationships. But to kick it off, I'm going to give the mic to my wife. How you doing? Oh, doing good. Happy Friday. Doing good. I wasn't expecting to intro this, but I suppose I can. Put you on the spot. <laughs> the best way. We want you to start podcasting more, potentially run your own. So here you okay, go. Okay, cool. On the show. Hey, everybody. Aaron Finley back here. Happy to be back on the Thrive on Life podcast. It's an honor. Anyway, tonight, yeah, as CJ said, we are going to be talking a little bit about, we thought it'd be cool to just kind of reflect on our biggest takeaways, being married, kind of some of the things that we talk about when we think about relationships and trying to strengthen ours and how we try to continuously have a healthy and positive uh, commitment to each other. And so today, we're just going to let it roll, see what, what we come up with and what kind of valuable advice we can potentially share. So I want to kick it off with a question for CJ, and that is... When you think about Valentine's Day, what comes to mind to you? Like, do you maybe have a memory of your childhood? Do you think about now and like your life now and your marriage with me? What do you think about? I know what I think about. Yeah, I'm actually really interested to hear your answer because <laughs> um, I don't want to answer this one wrong. <laughs> um, if there is a wrong answer for this. Um, There's no but- wrong answer. Yeah, I mean, when I think of Valentine's Day, I've always kind of been a hopeless romantic, I think, more than a lot of other guys out there. And we've known each other for a really long time, and you've known this about me. So honestly, when I when I think Valentine's Day, um, I I think of, I think more than just like a relationship with a significant other, I think that love is one of the most raw and real things we have in this world like there's a lot of science behind 
many different things that we know like the truth behind it. But when it comes to love, it's really interesting because I think about where in the universe put us together in the same neighborhood to meet. And then the feeling I got with you versus other people, like how does that happen? And when I think of Valentine's day, it's a time where there's two things. You either have the people that kind of, they're like unsure of this other person and they have to buy gifts and do these other things. And then you have these other people who like me, like when I was a young kid, young boy would like write a poem or something. And I just had this feeling that still to this day is hard to explain. And I don't know the science behind it all, but it's one of those universal things that I think people experience and it connects us all. And I really love that. And it's one of those, I think it's another holiday where it's again, a universal thing for people like thinking about love. It's one of the the things I think that gives people hope. And I really like that. I like that side of you, that little hopeless romantic. My answer is very drastically different. When I think about Valentine's Day, honestly, I think back to, I think it was second grade. And I never liked the holiday growing up because I remember in grade school, the class would sort of celebrate Valentine's Day by either saying, you know, bring in Valentine's for the class And I remember this one year where we had these like paper bags, like with everyone's name on it at the front of the class lined up along the chalkboard and everyone had a task of bringing in Valentine's for the class. And I remember just like being really embarrassed by the Valentine that I brought in because it was like Barbie or something like it was something that like I just (laughs) I just felt like ashamed about it and this says a lot about me like why would I care about that right like I clearly this is where things started (laughs) like cared about things like that but I just was like embarrassed about it and I remember started there and then years after that um there would be like candy grams and that was always like a stressful thing. Like, do you send someone a candy gram? Do you not? Like, I don't know. Wow, you were it's bringing em- back some memories. It's embarrassing. Like when you get these. one, you, I don't like that kind of attention. I didn't want anyone to bring me you no know, a candy gram. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's that's my Valentine. I'm happy that I'm in adulthood now, where we can, you know, not really have to celebrate it. And but what was on. the in? Imbe- I want to know, like, what was the in between phase? Because like, there's no in between we, phase. We were- I never celebrated it. Then you like get in your early relationships of like dating and and you probably buy, I don't know, chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) I always used to like try to make something like I was like I would make something and it looked terrible. But I guess it's the the thought that counts. I think when we first started dating, I got you like a mug that had our picture on it. Yeah, I like that. I still get the black mug to the gifts. Yeah, I guess when you're married, the, the gift giving is a little bit different. But um, yeah, what's the next question? Let's see. What, okay, what so now here? for the real juicy yeah. questions. Let's we, get a little bit we juicier about than some, that. What some is, that our friends have asked us or people have asked us in the past. And So go ahead. Yeah, I think in, in today's conversation, we haven't really talked ever about people before us or like our previous relationships on any of our podcasts or any of our content. So I think the next question we should get into is like, what is the biggest takeaway from our previous relationships before we kind of started dating? 
Um, when I think back to my life, I'll say before you, I think about the fact that I didn't really truly know myself. And one of the keys, I think, to any relationship, before you can even find somebody to devote your life to and to consider a partner in life, I think it's really, really important that you understand who you are, what you care about, what you want to do, who you want to be, how do you want to show up every day. I think I, I always knew directionally what I wanted, but I was always sort of just going down a path and not questioning. And at the time when you and I connected, I had done a lot of soul searching. And I mean, I don't, I haven't stopped doing that, but we connected in a period of my life when I had just recently lost my father. That caused me to rethink a lot of the ways that I was previously living. And I'll equate it to this sort of essentialism mindset of like worrying about things that aren't necessary to worry about and just being consumed by the everyday things in life that you may think are important but may not actually be. And so that's kind of who I was in my pre previous relationships. And I think back to how I showed up in those relationships. And I think, I, I think about who I am today and I think about who I was then. And I feel like a different person. I feel like I was uptight and like anxious about things and not fun and, and <laughs> just. How did that show up in your relationships? Um, I would say it showed up as me being really consumed with like the things I was trying to achieve or go towards and just not being as present, I would say, or not being as present in the relationship, but also just like present to fully just enjoy being with another person and like offering, you know, my time and care towards another person. It was always just kind of like this is my life. You are the person I'm with right now. And, and I just think back and, and just compare the way our relationship is now where everything we do is like invested in each other and decisions that we make are around each other. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that we're married. But I think even before that, it was because we had decided who we were and how we wanted to proceed with life. And that allowed us to move forward together versus um, kind of like going on different paths or not being fully aligned and staying in separate lanes. Yeah, that I like that. sense? <laughs> no, yeah, it, it makes sense. And I think that's what a lot of people struggle with because if I'm going back, and I want to preface this with Aaron and I both had long-term relationships, uh, multiple uh, with other people. And a lot of people don't know this because we did, start dating at what 24 and then we got married at 27 so we might be married a little bit earlier than some people out there um and we've known each other since we were 10 but in between we did have experiences and one of the things that i think back to and i i try to give advice to people is it wasn't wrong that you were focusing on yourself but what i think my biggest takeaway was how bad of a communicator i was and really, that's what cost me a lot of energy for both parties and just energy that just was toxic and not necessarily useful to either of us or to society because I wasn't communicating the way that I should have around like what I wanted from life. Like 
Did you know what you wanted at that time? Yeah, like, like I wanted to travel and I wanted to, like, I, I didn't want to go to school in New Jersey. I didn't, I didn't want to drink all the time, but I think it was, I didn't know what else to do type of thing. I wanted out, I wanted to do it, but I think the ego got the best of me where it was, I'm just going to take advantage of the situation that I'm in rather than, you know what, like what situation do I truly want to be in? And I should have been single and not single trying to mingle, like single, single where trying it's to find yourself. trying to find myself because I think I thought of these things a little bit earlier than the people that I was around. And that's why the, the reason I know this is because even at 23, 24, that's how we reconnected because I was thinking about these things earlier than some other people. Um, and it wasn't until I kind of got out of that college atmosphere, lived semi alone in North Jersey. I had my own room in a house with people I'd never met before. So I was kind of alone in my own environment. And I started to be able to truly think for myself and what I wanted from life. And lo and behold, like a couple months later, I reached out to you. So that's where if I could go back, I wish I could have just known how to communicate my feelings and my emotions towards myself and what I want at a better capacity. And did you find that you were just say drinking or whatever behavior as a way just to keep the relationship going because you didn't really know how to communicate that you didn't want to do that? Or was it more of just yeah, I, I cause take, tension? I'm, I'm, I'm the type of person that takes complete ownership of things like na now in my life. And when I think back, like it was easier to just go with the flow and not cause an argument than it would be to be like, you know what? I don't want to go to your friend's party tonight. Like I want to go do X, Y, Z. But that would have created in that atmosphere that would have created tension. And I think, especially as a male, when you're younger, like you just don't want the tension. Like you just, you're like, I'm 20 years old. I'm 21 years old. Like, I don't care. Like I don't want tension. But what that created was tension within myself. And I also think that created a lot of the struggles with my personal health as we went on was I was bottling in so many of my feelings in my relationship and not really talking about like the way that we talk, you know, when I'm frustrated, you know, when something's off or, you know, I'll, I'll communicate that or tr at least try to communicate it versus then there was, there's no communication. It was like, if I felt off, it was go get me a couple shots so that I can just numb it. Yeah. And I think, I mean, this kind of is reminding me of the major factor here, which is that when we reflect on our past, we were young and I think timing has a huge impact on the way you show up, like timing in your life, put it that way, seasons of yourself and seasons of life have a major impact on the way you show up in a relationship. So I, I would be remiss to say, to compare apples to apples to like who I'd be now in a relationship to who I was then because your circumstances just aren't the same. Like showing up to college classes or in high school or whatever is just like not even comparable to the life that but this we is live where, in adulthood. Like we've always been old souls. Like I, we've always I, I been ahead, I of agree. The head of the curve. And like I let myself down by like doing the same habitual toxic habits for five years. Totally. Now, if I'm it was saying. two years or three years, like, okay, I would be like, okay, we were just young and dumb and trying to have fun. Right. But like, it was like, 
that's habitual yeah, for I understand over what you're span. saying. I think my point is more around like the stressors in life. Like when I was talking about how I was more uptight or not as I wasn't as fully there, present, and you were thinking. You were always thinking about the next thing. I was always thinking about the next thing, right? But because you're trying th- to build yourself up, right? And I think that a lot of that had to do with not having a path yet. And so, like, I just think that if you compare timing in life to timing of certain relationships, like if you're single right now and you're dating, it's probably different than when you were single five years ago and dating just because of the way life is and how things in life change. Yeah, your and your wants and your are. needs change. Like right. now I'm a lot more malleable saying like, I'm okay with giving up part of my path for somebody else's path. But again, going back to communication, back then I wasn't, but I was trying to have my cake and eat it too. And that's where I think a lot of people struggle because they want their cake and eat it too for forever. And it's just like, that's just not how it works. Like now my mind thinks, okay, how is this decision going to not just only impact me, but impact this other person that means a lot to me? It's basically like we're one person. And I think when you're younger, like you're just, you're incapable of doing that in today's society if you go to college because it's not realistic. Like I just don't believe that one person should sacrifice their own life for somebody else's that early on in your own life. And you need to communicate that. And yeah, I mean, that's my big, that's my biggest takeaway is that communication was very not good. (laughs) Yeah. Communication (laughs) is really important. All right. So how do you work on your communication today? How do I work on my communication today? Okay. Sidebar. Um, So I think the biggest thing for communication for me has been learning that it isn't necessarily what I'm saying is the problem. It's how I'm saying it. And it doesn't matter what I say if that person doesn't hear, truly hear me the way that I am communicating it and then being intentional with it. So like for you, you're way more delicate than I am. Like someone could yell at me and I'm just like, whatever, like I got that East coast vibe. But for you, it's tone is a lot more impactful. And I've realized that over the years, which made me think back, like, Hmm, maybe this has impacted other people as well. And I just never picked up on it. And now I'm trying to train myself through meditation and through running and, and some other things of reflecting every time if we, if we have, an argument or if we don't see eye to eye to each other, I immediately am like have tr- created a habit in myself to reflect and say, okay, like what was I trying to say to her and how do I think she interpreted it as? Yeah. And then once I reflect and I can go back to it and then also what I've noticed in our relationship is a lot of times like we, we literally did this last week and we'll get in an argument and then when I write it out, it's so much more clear. Like as soon as I write it, it's it, it makes more sense. But in the moment, the emotion gets the best of me, and like the way that I'm saying it is just not. Yeah, and how I, I think want it to come we've out. learned that sometimes if it's an emotional conversation or there's a you know tense subject being discussed, like sometimes it's better to just not have the debate or the conversation and just like each kind of go our separate ways and think on it, and then come back together and maybe send a text with what we're feeling, but not necessarily talk about it right then and there, just kind of sit on it. A lot of times we find that doing that helps us both like lessen 
the intensity of whatever it is that's bothering us. And um, this might help for a lot of guys out there. Have more clarity like, about how to communicate. I am not good at processing my feelings like right in that moment. Like you've seen me where I'm like quiet for a day or two and then two days later I can be like, hey, this is like what I've been thinking. This is what I've been feeling because it just takes me time to like really ingrain myself in, in that emotion and in that feeling because I'm so used to just bottling them up like I used to. And now I'm trying to just lean into actually feeling it and not reacting, but responding in a way where I can communicate in a respectful manner yep. what my intention is. And yeah, that's just been a huge, huge learning lesson over, over the years. Especially, I think, I think it stems from like when you get married, you start realizing like you either get better or you get worse. Like if we're going to be together forever, it's like, it's either going uphill or it's going downhill. I want to climb the hill with you. I don't want to be like dragging each other down the hill, like pushing each other down. And I think in, when you're, when you're not that committed, you, you don't really see it that way. And that was like prior to us, I never saw it that way versus every time we have an issue, I'm always thinking, okay, like I am one half of this problem. Yeah. I think that's key to always take ownership, as you said, of like, and thinking back to the other relationships, I think that's a huge part of it too. It's like, you are always a hundred percent like responsible for any issue or anything. If, as soon as you say like, whatever I'm dealing with is also because of myself and not this other person, that's when, you know, you, you resolve conflict or you grow as a couple. What's up, guys? I'd like to take a second to thank you for tuning into this episode with Aaron, and I hope you are loving this conversation so far. But before we get back into it, I have an opportunity I want to tell you about. As we all know, life is hard. It can beat you down, have you feeling low, and make it seem like you are alone. I'm here to remind you, though, that the most worthwhile journeys, they are not meant to be taken alone. And right now, you have the ability to take action and join others, including myself, on the mission to make every heartbeat count. Head over to cjfinley.com and sign up for my daily newsletter, where I will be giving you information, impactful stories, tips and tricks, and access to a community who are focused on making an impact above and beyond themselves. You'll also have the perk of exclusive giveaways, potential shout outs, and possibly even some collaborations. The least that will happen is you will walk away into every day with an extra pep in your step. My promise is that I will always do my best to help you thrive on life. And this newsletter is one of the best ways for me to help you do so. So if you're looking to get to the next level of your life, connect with like-minded individuals and have a daily dose of info that will help you thrive, sign up for my newsletter at cjfinley.com. Now let's get back to the conversation with Aaron Finley. Speaking of lifelong commitments and marriage, what has been your biggest surprise so far about marriage? Oh, Biggest surprise about marriage. This is this is a really good question. I don't. I don't. I'm not like a surprise guy. It's like it's hard <laughs> to surprise me because I'm super either. analytical. So like, I'll is there anything like? I think the biggest, honestly, the biggest surprise for me is how fun it's actually been. And I don't mean fun in the. How do I just like this? Like this is fun to me. What we're doing right now. Like I'm sober. We're sitting on a, our couch, eight fifty two on a Friday, and time stops. Like it's like 
like it's timeless. And I think if you marry the right person, like the moments that you get to spend with that person are timeless. Like we can be going to the grocery store and that's fun to me. And I think that stems from, it brings peace. Like for me, it brought peace of mind knowing like I'm going to better myself, become a better man so that I can be a better husband and a better father. And like, this is my girl. And it's just like, nothing is going to come between us no matter what. And like just having that peace of mind makes things more fun to me that I took for granted. I used to take for granted. Again, going back to the present thing, like I can be super present with you because I don't care about anything else. Like, it's just like. No, I would, I would agree. I don't really have any major surprises, but I would say I agree with the whole peace of mind and safety that I feel just knowing that like we're committed to each other's journey and that we both have a purpose with the other person in mind and just everything we do, every decision we make is with that person in mind. And I think for me, that's probably the biggest one. Like before we were married and before we were even engaged, we both were ambitious. We both had ideas of how we wanted our future to look like, but it's really difficult to make big decisions when you're not married yet. And and I think just because there is some uncertainty of like, is this going to be our future? And I don't know, I, I could probably just, I, I could sense that probably people are out there feeling that right now as, as you may be thinking about your future and wondering like if you should make a certain decision because you're not totally sure if you're going to be with this person. And I think that once we made the decision to be married and to devote our lives to each other and stay committed. Um, It just made everything else an easier decision to move forward. And again, something that most people probably don't know about us, but before we got married, like both of us don't necessarily believe in the game of marriage. Like in the, in the game of life, marriage is put on this pedestal as this very adventurous spontaneous, glamorous thing because that makes money. The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, these things, Instagram, people only show the highlights of things and they don't show kind of the underground of like what is like the really hard decisions. Like right now we're looking at getting another house and like how does that affect like my life and your life and our future life and that shit is stressful. And if you don't, one, take complete ownership as an individual and then marry somebody that also takes ownership, like it can get very hasty very quickly. And I think for marriage, for us, the reason that we really decided to get married was because it has the advantage of we can start planning things as a as a as a unit. And for me, like there's no like gray area. Yeah, there's it's- like I can say, you know what, like we're and we're having this discussion now about like what does your future look like and where you want to go? And like, we literally were texting this this morning. I was just like, okay, if I have to give up some things that I want out of life for the next couple of years so that you can have some things like let's do it. And I think if you, if you aren't married, that's tough to do because if you do that and then that person just dips out and takes your money and like stuff, it it really could hurt you in, in the long run. And it's something that with you, it's I'm wholeheartedly bought into this is a long-term game. Like life is long-term and we can start thinking past a year or two 
And when you are able to think past a year or two, I think it brings peace of mind because we can be present. Like we can be present tonight because we know that we're working towards the next 50 years. And I really enjoy that about it. And that's what I think brings that surprise of fun, but not in the way of like going to the movies fun, like the fun of just spending time with each other. Um, Okay, next question. What are your biggest relationship struggles? I like this question too. You came up with good questions. I think the biggest relationship struggles that we have today are around not fully empathizing with each other's day-to-day and current struggles. So our biggest relationship struggles are not fully understanding each other's individual struggles. And we try to do that as much as possible by communicating as much as we can, as clear as we can. But the reality is we both have very different day-to-days. And in my opinion, I think that that's one of the hardest parts of maintaining the strength of our marriage in this time of our life, at least, just because there are so many decisions we're making for our future. And we each have our different ideas of what stress looks like right now and how that may be impacting us and how we show up at the end of the day for each other. And I think one thing that we're really trying to work on is being really open and transparent about what we're feeling and why we might be feeling it and what we're doing, not just constantly venting about feelings, but like what actions we're actually taking to stop any kind of negative feelings or any kind of stress. And um, I'm sure that there are many out there who can relate to the idea of having a partner or spouse that has a very different lifestyle than you in the day to day. And that can cause tension or it can cause misunderstanding and sometimes probably a little bit of resentment. And so for us, I think that's just one thing that we're really constantly working on to, to really be as supportive as possible to each other. So I like your response, but I have to disagree a little bit with you because I do think about the stressors of your life. I've been through many of those stressors and I think the problem really comes from me having an expectation that isn't always being met. And that's my biggest relationship struggle is I'm very competitive and I'm very like solutions oriented Mm -hmm. type of personality. So if you have a problem, I come up with a solution, but life is more gray than that. It's not black and white. And sometimes, I mean, we were talking about this where you are trying to find yourself. And I told you that for five and a half years, I went to college and didn't know who I was. Like that's five and a half years. So like give yourself a break, like for a year or two to try and find yourself. And I haven't been a good communicator of like up to this point, I think I've been communicating in a way where it's setting an expectation that you need to like find yourself tomorrow and you need to do you need to meditate and you need to read these books and you need to do this and you need to do that. And by next month, you need to have your shit figured out. I think that's how I've been communicating it versus recently. And when I mean recently, I mean this week communicating in a way it's like, look, like what I really mean is that if this is going to take you long, that's okay. And this is for anybody else out there. I I feel like you're interpreting and here we go with, I feel like, cause this is one thing in our relationship where (laughs) we often have conversations and I'll be like, I feel like you are saying it in this way or whatever. And CJ has been really helpful to say like, 
you feel like. Like, like what opening mean? my eyes to me feeling versus the facts. Like maybe he isn't saying whatever I'm thinking and I have this tendency to interpret in a way and that kind of goes back to the delivery of certain messages or delivery of what he's saying that causes me to think differently. And the way that I can I can I can help right now is just like I'm more like a computer. Like <laughs> you send me an X and an O and I respond back one two. And there's no emotion attached to it. It's just like one two versus <laughs> the way that you, your operating system works is like when I say one two, you have some underlying emotion towards that, which is okay. And that's well I'm I learning to attach the emotion to the one, two and learn what emotion should I be attaching to that one, two so that you can understand it in the way and in the language that I'm trying to communicate it. Does that make sense? Sort of. Cause I, I've never, I've never, I've never I've... in my life have ever said to you, I feel like this. No, no, ever. no. What I, what I meant was through, through starting to say that was that when you give your response just now around how you're altering the way you have set expectations for me or communicate them. When I said that we're, we have a struggle to understand each other's day-to-day struggles, it's not just you have, you have a struggle to understand mine, but I think I also have sometimes have a hard time understanding what your struggles are because like you said, sometimes I don't view your work as work because to me it's so different. And so I think that's one disconnect in our relationship where that causes some tension because you'll say, you know, I had a really hard day and I'm like, you had a really hard day. You got to do this workout. But that's ego. That's all your ego. (laughs) I've never said that to you about your, your days because like I've worked in the corporate world. I know what it's like. Yeah, I just think that like th- this is this, this is what I want to convey to you because this is a this is a good and this shows everyone that's listening our our type of conversations. Like hard is waking up and not having constraints. Like you have constraints. Show up at your job, do your job, you get the paycheck. I don't have that constraint. Like it's literally an open canvas, and I have to make shit up. That is hard every day because every single day I'm beating myself up saying like did I do enough or did I not because I know I can always do more but at your job no matter what you go nine to five eight to five seven to five whatever you're getting that paycheck at the end of the two weeks I I disagree with that I disagree with that no it's not just show up and do your job it is I also set high expectations and standards for myself but that's you that's your ego if you do your job will you get paid but what Just answer the question. I, I think that answer the question. I agree. if you do okay. your job, so I agree, will you get paid? I agree that there's a different type of stress in prioritizing when you're an entrepreneur versus when you have the stability of a corporate job. Agreed. I'm not disagreeing with that. I have one less stressor than you in having some constraints to my day. However, I think that you have to define what hard is and we but this is a- this is where again it, right now you're feeling a certain way versus at the beginning of this little going back and forth I said I know what it's like being in the corporate world and I know what it's like being in the entrepreneurial world. Mm-hmm. You don't have both. So you that's don't the have a contrast. Yeah, cuz I don't understand totally what it's So like. when I say I know they're both hard in different ways, but I'm telling you it is harder when you have no constraints. It can be more stressful because you're not doing exactly what you want to do in this other world, but it's not harder. And like what I mean by harder is 
you literally in certain days, like you don't have a choice because you're not going to even get money to eat food. But like, if you want to have an off day at the corporate world, you can. In the entrepreneurial world, you can't. That innately makes it harder. Now, however, when you start becoming better as an entrepreneur and you start getting up the ranks, the corporate world, I would 100% say, is more stressful. I'm it's not, harder. I, this is no in no way, shape, or form to be a conversation about whether entrepreneurship or the corporate route is harder or more stressful. Well, you talked about what, what are your biggest struggles, relationship and, struggles. And I meant and this exactly is one, of our lines. one of our biggest struggles is this difference in opinion of what I would say what stress is or what we go through on a daily basis. Like, I don't come home and tell you every little detail of my day. I barely even talk about work at all because I feel I work so much that when we do have time together, I just want to be present and talk about something else. I don't even really want to talk about it. And I feel you are the same way. I'll come home and be like, what, what kind of meetings did you have today? How'd they go? And you'll often <laughs> say, you know, I really just, I just don't want to don't talk, about talk about it. So a lot of what we talk about is just like the next interesting conversation that doesn't have to do with either of our days unless we really feel like the other person would find it particularly interesting. So that's sometimes a struggle. It feels alone. I feel alone sometimes with what I do on a daily basis and coming home and having conversations with you, not having any clue some of what I've gone but through. But that's, that's you thinking you don't have a clue, that I don't have a clue. How else would you know? I do have a clue. Aaron, <laughs> you go to a job, you have meetings, you make phone calls, like yep, you write that's emails. It. <laughs> like, no, that's, that's every just job. Kidding. That's the okay. entrepreneurial world too. Like, it's, it's all the same. It's just a different type. It's mm -hmm. different industry. You're talking to different people. But the majority of the work, you get on Zoom calls, you make phone calls, you write emails, you have timelines, you have stress of having to hit those timelines. Like It's all the same. Right. What you're talking about in the context is different, but it's all the same. And this goes back to literally the beginning of our conversation when you said you get the candy gram and you felt a certain way that has nothing to do with me. And that's, again, I would say that's one of my biggest struggles is that your feelings sometimes make it about me when it's not about me. It's not about me in the entrepreneurship world or whatever. It's you feeling discontent towards you don't know that path that you truly want to take. So you say you don't understand what it's like. And I'm like, I know what it's like to go to a job every day. I used to do it. I, and I don't know why you seem to forget that. It's the same thing. Remember, remember my last job, which I would complain to you every single day. It was the same thing. Every single day, I would complain to you. Go to job, blah, 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 complain about everything that I was doing, right? It's the same thing. What is different okay. about that? I sort of disagree. So I just, <laughs> How, I would why? call this one of our struggles. Why would you disagree? Is it you disagree because you can lay out facts about the disagreement or is it because you're just feeling like a disagreement because I'm saying it this way? Well, you were in, you never had the exact job that I have right now or but again, that's exact... ego. You can anybody can say that. Anyone can say. It's like the kid saying, "Mom and dad, you don't get it." <laughs> no, you you're right. It's not about it's not about you having to fully have gone through exactly what I deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. It's about me empathizing. And right. I've shown that I'm empathetic. Have I not? I literally say, Sometimes. if you need time to figure out your life or what you want to do, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. I can pull up the text. Next question. <laughs> She's looking at me with, the, with some eyes right now. I love you. Let's see. 
All right. These are good here's, here's a good I one. Like I feel like a lot of relationships. Well, people that have found their soulmate, quote unquote, or, you know, are in a relationship or a marriage with the person that they are so sure is the one. There's all kinds of advice out there for knowing when someone is the one. You have a certain feeling, just all kinds of sparks or whatever. But what is some advice for when you're in a relationship and things are going well and you don't really have anything you know, no major red flags, but you're not like totally sure. So how do you know when someone maybe is not the one? You feel like you could kind of go either way and you're not like 100% without a doubt, this is the person I want to spend the rest of every moment with. So I have three parts to this because I can be very specific with this. One, if you have to ask yourself that, right? If that, if you have to ask yourself this question, you need to do some deep soul searching because that person probably is not the one, even if you have to just raise that question. Two, and I'll take complete ownership over any previous relationships I've had, long-term or short-term, is because I didn't know myself enough that I let things bubble up to these two points. One, anger. I am not an angry person. I'm a feisty person, but like I will not harm a fly. So the minute in like, my relationships where I started getting angry, I took a step back and was like, this is not who I am. And like, it's not healthy to be with this person. And the reason I started getting angry was because again, I was mm -hmm. bottling up feelings. Like I was bottling things up to a point that it could explode versus I would never let that happen with you. Like I, I love you too much to, I'm just going to tell you how I feel. And I know myself enough. Second part of that is, I wasn't willing to listen. And as a male, like we're very hero's journey-esque. I'm on this path of my life and like the woman is supposed to follow along. That's how like young men I feel like operate. And it's toxic. I wouldn't listen. Like I'd hear you, but I wouldn't listen. And today I think through how is this decision going to affect somebody else versus I didn't used to do that. I used to just make the decision and if it created a fight, I don't care. This is what I'm doing. Versus now, one, you'd not put up with that. But two, I wouldn't want to be like that. So I think it's three parts where if you have to ask yourself this question, you got some soul searching to do because it's probably not the right person. Two, if you ever feel real anger, you need to really seek, again, help and, and figuring out like, is this something that you could have solved or is this just the wrong situation and then the last one if you're not willing to bend for that person they're not the person i would give up everything to to make sure that our life together is our life compared to this is my life do what i want to do and all be all yeah i i think that's important and certainly having the patience and and willingness to be like, all right, we're going to be in this life together. Let's compromise on some things. That's critical. But I think a lot of it is that self-awareness too. And, you know, early on, especially earlier in our 20s or whatever, we can have this tendency to want to do what's best for the individual, for ourselves, right? And then I think as you mature and start to realize that if you do want to spend the rest of your life with somebody else, 
what's best for you might not always be best for the two of you. So having the willingness to reflect on, okay, I might have to change a little bit about what I want for my life, but if it means that I'm going to be doing life with this person, like let's think about what that means for us together. And just if you don't feel like you're ready to make decisions and flip what you want for that other person in some ways and adjust, I shouldn't say flip, but adjust what what do you think would be best for the two of you versus just for yourself, then it's probably not right. So that that's an amazing point. And I think that relates to me a lot. I thrive off of making decisions for you. Like it makes me excited to think about like when you when you were training to be a fitness coach and instructor, like I was so into that. Like that that made me so happy and filled my cup to help you start making decisions. And I think that's how I knew that like you were the one when I was like more fired up to like see your growth than I was even my own. And I'm in 100% agreement about the self-awareness. And when you're younger, it's like you're trying to find your path. So how can you go on somebody else's path? But what I what I think about it is just like when the person that comes along where you're just like, I don't care what path I'm going on as long as like I'm walking down in the middle of the woods with you. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I would agree. And I think that's how, you know, and just like, we've been talking a lot about self-awareness and finding ourselves and whatever. And I just want to say that whether you're married or not, even when you do find the person that you want to spend the rest of your life with, like that self-awareness, self-discovery journey should never really stop. I think that and that's where I think some marriages can maybe take a turn or not stay as healthy as possible because if one of you stops the search of what lights you up individually, I mean, obviously you have to continue to make decisions for the best interest of the both of you, but it's super important to stay aware of like what brings you yourself joy every day and sure that might not mean doing something drastic that's going to impact the person that you're with but just the little things and like knowing when you need to raise a concern to your partner about maybe changing up your lifestyle or I think it even goes one step further like because we've done this in our relationship of like and this is where people get comfortable so it I think the more comfortable you get, the harder it is to like call the other person out. So like we've both done this to each other. We're like, what the hell are you doing? Like you're not holding your weight. And like, I need, we need you to like figure your shit out. Now I'm willing to help you do that. But like, this cannot continue the way that it is. And I think we've both had that that come out in, I mean, we've almost been married three years and that's a very early marriage and we're already starting to do that. I think it's one of the best habits that we have, which I don't think a lot of other people do that. I think they just get comfortable and even like how I didn't want to address feelings and certain things, like they're doing that in their marriages versus if I feel something's off, like I'm going to address it and I'm going to tell you and then like vice versa. So it might be short-term pain where it creates an argument or a little bit of frustration, but it creates long-term gain where we're always on the same page and life is much more peaceful and fun and yeah, awesome to spend time together. Yeah. All right. We got two questions left. Okay. How do you keep the spark? Where did you, did you Google these? Nope. These are just questions that I thought of and that, you know, people have talked to us about at times. This is an interesting one because 
when you first like get all excited about getting married and finding the one, it's like all new and like it has that shininess to it. And we're still pretty early on in our marriage, but I would say that there are times when <laughs> I feel like we do sort of take it for granted that we do have each other. And this is not frequently, but there have been moments where like maybe we're just like super consumed with something and just sort of forget that we should be super grateful to have each other and show that appreciation. And so we have tried to have certain habits of, I think we do a pretty good job about it. Of I think we're like great now. Dedicating time to, yeah, it was like very hard when I was in school and while you were really, you know, trying to build up your network here and your business. But now I think we're really great at, making sure we reserve time for just each other. And on the weekends, a lot of times that means like we say no to the things that we may want to do with friends, but we know that if we don't give each other that time, that compounds over time. And like that's when resentment builds or that's when like these little irritable moments of like certain things that annoy us about each other will just build up because we've never just like, or we haven't spent enough time with each other to just appreciate and laugh and have fun and relax and talk and not not constantly just be caught up in the little things that have to get done or the group hangouts or whatever it is. So I think this this question is much like life. Like environment is critical to to your life. Good point. And when you think about like when I think about a spark like fire like fire needs a certain environment to thrive in. Like you're not going to light a fire underwater, right? And if you're underwater in your own life and stressed and drowning in your own life, it's very hard to have somebody else light your match. So for us, I think the number one thing that we've done is we now take our time together as if it was like a business meeting. Like we're booking time just like tonight on a Friday night. We asked each other earlier on the week, like when is our time? Like, so we're on the same page before I book any friend meetings or workouts or anything that I want to do. When is, when is we time first and giving our environment the chance to cultivate that spark. So like, one instance was last night and and tonight where it was, hey, you're not going to go to the gym and I'm not going to go to the gym and we're going to eat dinner together and we're going to get off our phone and we're basically, we call it the night at seven and we're just going to spend time together and it doesn't really have to be much. And I think that's that's the key where people, especially males, I think, like they try to buy the spark. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work like that. Like, the other thing I think that's key to a spark is understanding your other person's love language. Like yep. we now know each other like enough where yours is a hundred percent time spent. So I know now that like, it's not necessarily I have to spend every waking minute with you. It's that I have to think about you and be like, Aaron needs at least five to 10 hours of my time solely with her. Not just not just in there. presence, yeah. but like with, <laughs> yeah. right? Listening, letting her talk, being heard. I now know that about you. And but I think everyone putting, deserves that. Yeah, some some people that's just not how they operate. They can be super independent or mm-hmm. I mean we're very independent but like time spent. I'm also time spent 
and physical touch where like, like if you come home and this is a legitimate example, talking about being underwater, like if you're stressed from your job and you come home and you like bypass me and go right to being stressed rather than like just saying hello, giving me a hug, like that's the type of right spark that and that's I what that's i mean by taking for I granted need. like sometimes i will get caught up in like whatever's consuming my mind and like forget that it's awesome that i get to come home to see you right away or like i should just be grateful about that and stop being stressed <laughs> and taking it for granted yeah it's not so, easy yeah. it's never easy all right last question last question all right this is a good one to wrap it up what is your favorite thing about our relationship this it's easy friday night not having to do anything wild and not wanting to be anywhere else yeah i feel like and i've described it to people before as like i feel like i'm in flow whenever we're together and i mean together as in like what you were just describing as like fully present with each other and doing something that like we're both engaged in a conversation or an activity or whatever but yeah, it's, it's easy. It feels natural. It feels like there's nowhere else I'm, my mind goes to that I'd rather be thinking about or doing. And it takes a lot for me to relax and shut off. And I think you're the same. But like we each have each other to bring us to that place of peace. And But I think off looks different to different people. And that's why we get each other. Like we get that we're never fully both off. Like to most people, this is not off. Like, we're recording right now. To me, this is off. Right. Same. Like, I could do this all day, every day. Like, but to most people, this is like trying to be on, right? To most people, it's like watching TV is off. There's you and I to get us to watch a show is like pulling teeth. So it's like, that's more on. We tried last night to watch something. <laughs> we didn't it didn't even, go well. We didn't even go We started talking and shut it off. We were like, <laughs> let's just talk. <laughs> we, we I think when we get like 37 minutes into an hour, if that. Um, but yeah, I think, and that's when I knew, I think one thing I want to convey to wrap up is the only reason I know that this is what I, I, I want and what I need is because I know what I don't want based on prior experiences where if it was Friday or Saturday, like the other person wanted to do something that I felt in my gut, like I don't want to have to sacrifice my own life. And it was the same thing for you. And I think when we came together and there was like, like anytime you ask me, you want to, what I wanted to do and what we want to do. It's just like, yeah, this is what I want to do. And it's funny yeah. because like how often on Friday nights do we just like go to the grocery store and then just hang out? And it's just like, who does that? But I think it's just like making fun in all the little moments. And like, I say this a lot about our relationship. It's like not, it's never the big things. It's we have. And even when we do like go on a vacation or something, it's always like the in-between moments of like getting coffee somewhere or like exploring some you know what small I just thought business about? or that pizza place in San Diego that we went to like yeah. twice in like, and like two days. Where you kept getting the chai tea, like <laughs> just little moments that are not at all flashy or extravagant or anything that like you might think of as being memorable. But to me, these moments and, you know, times when on Sundays and just like cooking together like listening to music together, things like that, I think are really, you know, what excite me the most. And I think it's good that, I think it's good we do things like this because it, it's just a reminder of like how many times like that we do get and not to take those times for granted. And I think 
to culminate everything we talked about on Valentine's Day, like it's one day a year. And there's a lot of days of the year where we should be acting like it's Valentine's Day. Yeah, I've always and, felt like that. Yeah, and like don't don't forget that. And if you listen to this episode, thank you so much. It's it's really fun to be able to get on here with Aaron and chat about things that we're really passionate about behind the scenes. And if anything hit home with you, please reach out to us. We are looking to voice our opinions a little bit more on relationships and help people out there um, because we'll be the first to tell you that we are far from perfect and that relationships will always be far from perfect. And we want to communicate that very clearly because in the in today's society, we are both believers that there's a lot of toxic media about how relationships should be. And then also like you're talking like apps culture where you're just swiping right on everything. We really want to be kind of like the change makers in how you view yourself in your relationship and how you view the other person. So if there's anything else that you have to say, my dear, we're going to wrap Nothing this thing up. Here. Well, it was great chatting with you. I love you. Your questions were great. I, I thoroughly enjoyed them and I'm really looking forward to the next podcast with Same you here. every couple months. So this is CJ Finley with Thrive On Life Podcast. I hope all of you have a wonderful Valentine's Day. And if you're single out there, keep just the keep working. Yeah, keep the faith. Keep working, keep working on, on, your, on you. Keep working on you. Um, show the love to yourself and we'll give you our positive thoughts and energy. We love y'all. Thrive on. What's up, y'all? This is CJ again. And on behalf of the small team here at Thrive on Life, I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes. Our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count. And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive on Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and connect with us there. We'd love to chat with you. Before I sign off, I'd like you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.